Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Building Efficiency Podcast presented by Nenny & Associates. I'm your host, Jim Schaefer. Now, if this is your first time tuning in, Nenny & Associates is an executive search firm focused on the building efficiency industry. That's why we named the podcast the way that we did. And simply put, we help our clients find the right talent. Each week, we sit down with leaders from the industry to discuss their backgrounds, how they got started, and where they see the industry heading. We also get to know our guests and find out what drives them to be successful. And on today's episode, episode 39, we sit down with Dwayne Dickey to discuss his background, how he got started in his career, and what he's up to today as the Vice President of Strategic Initiatives here with Air Force One. A really cool conversation is, as Dwayne, you can tell he was reflecting on his competitive nature during his long stint with Honeywell. That's kind of where he cut his teeth in the industry and, and what that competitive nature looks like today in a different season of life. It's a really interesting perspective. I also enjoyed Dwayne's uh, overall perspective on business and life and how his actions today are more centered around building relationships and really helping the people around him, the people that are on his team. Now, if you haven't done so already, be sure to subscribe to our channel and consider downloading this episode and future episodes. This really is the only way that we can track how many people are listening. So if you're one of those people out there who are streaming the episodes, I urge you to consider hitting that download button instead. And if you're enjoying our podcast here, please share it and leave a five-star review. Now, we think you're really going to enjoy this conversation between Dwayne and I, so let's drop in. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Building Efficiency Podcast. Today, we're sitting down with Dwayne Dickey, who is the Vice President of Strategic Business Development at Air Force One. Dwayne, welcome to the show. Thank you. Great to be here. Yeah, I'm glad we made this happen. I know we've known each other for, for years, and I've been bugging you about coming on the podcast, and you've been just too busy and have too much going on. You've been blowing me off, so I'm glad we finally made this happen, man. Okay. You're big time in me. You're big time in me. But we're sitting we're sitting okay. down, and, and I think uh, since you've been in the industry for a while, I know we can get into your background. A lot of people are probably going to know who you are, but for our audience out there who doesn't know Dwayne Dickey, can you tell us a little bit about your background, kind of where you grew up, and then you know how you got started in the industry? Yeah, so I grew up in a small town in southwestern Ohio, uh, Greenville, Ohio, famous for the Made Right Hamburgers. So if you've ever been to Greenville, you've got to get the Made Right Hamburgers. Uh, one of the great things, one of the great things in life that you really don't want to miss. Yeah. And so from there, I went to a couple of small Christian colleges to play basketball. I did not want to go to school. I hated college. I uh, was not a good student. I uh, ended up uh, transferring to a third college, the University of Toledo. Finished my undergrad there, barely, after seven years and paying for my own way. Uh, met my wife. Um, and then we went did grad school together there. I loved it. And I think, you know, maybe hit a maturity level. And so we, uh, graduated together in grad school, got married and married 32 years. Uh, have three kids. Well, my youngest is in college and the other two are grown and launched. Uh, very, very cool. Do you still, uh, do you still hoop at all on the weekends, like Saturday morning basketball? No. No, too many injuries. Too many injuries. Yeah, I just uh, I, I coach and train a little bit. All right. Yeah, I, I uh, that's good. The, yeah. The, the key is just not to jump. If you're going to play pickup pickup basketball, just don't just don't jump. Uh, yeah, it's the cutting. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah. Uh, cool. Cool. All right. So, um, so graduated, master's degree, University of Toledo, and then what was your first job out of school? You know, where, and then just kind of pick us up there. 
Yeah. My first real job was with Toledo Edison as a commercial marketing rep and just basically worked with existing uh, utility customers in the commercial realm. Uh, that was, you know, I was really young, probably 25 at that point, and just got my butt beat every day out in the market because our rates were so high compared to the rest of the state. Um, but cut my teeth in sales on that. Uh, met some guys from Honeywell on a joint call and uh, ended up getting hired at Honeywell and really loved it. And it really wasn't about the industry. I didn't end up in the industry because I loved it. Um, it really was about the chase in me. And I, I think back now that I'm older, it really was the athlete in me coming out wanting to compete and win. And it really didn't matter what the product or the service was. So I ended up at Honeywell. I was there 19 years. Um, worked with a couple of mechanicals from there and ended up at Air Force One. Now 58 years old. So I'm curious, you mentioned the the competition side of things. And that's not the first time I've heard that about folks who have, have worked at Honeywell. So is that part of the culture? Is that what drew you to the company in the first place? Yeah, you know, it was a really well-respected brand, um, big company. And when you're 25 years old, you're like, wow, I could go to work for Honeywell. It'd be phenomenal. Uh, but their incentive program for salespeople was really lucrative if you succeeded. And so, I mean, when you look at that and say, wow, I could make that much money, it just fired you up to work really hard. And the way at that point they had it structured was, let's say you beat your plan in the first quarter for the whole year. You sold a great big job and you're pretty much done. Well, they made it so once you beat your plan, the incentive was even better. So nobody like got lazy because you can make more money by blowing out your plan. Um, so it was great. It was, uh, I worked with some great people over the years that we, uh, competed together. And, um, it was really fond memories of those years at Honeywell, but man, it went by so fast. <laughs> well, I think there's something to be learned about yeah. that incentive structure, right? Uh, I think every sales leader and business leader struggles with salespeople sandbagging. So there's an anecdote to yeah. that and, uh, there, there you go. It sounds like we're just plugging Honeywell yeah. here. So if anyone from Honeywell is listening, this advertisement's not going to, we're not going to charge you for this one. But the next time we start talking, stuff, <laughs> we're going to have to charge you something. Um, okay. All right. So, so you landed at Air Force One. Yeah. Let's pick up there. Tell us a little bit about the, the business. Um, in case anybody who hears Air Force One thinks it's the plane that the president rides on. I know that we're not that's not what we're talking about here. So tell us about the business, how you guys are going to market. And then, uh, yeah, let's just start there. Yeah. So Air Force One is a uh, family-owned, third-generation uh, mechanical service contractor. I don't look at them as a mechanical contractor. They are definitely focused on service. They do very little construction. They do projects for existing customers. Um, but, you know, it's so funny. It, I hadn't thought about it until just now how when I started at Honeywell, I was pretty focused on incentives and winning and going on to the next deal. Well, Air Force One's kind of the opposite. And I remember reading about this several years ago when the owner, Greg Guy, decided he wasn't going to pay his salespeople commissions anymore, that he was going to bump their salaries. He was going to have uh, a culture that was collaborative. And if a, if a rep was really successful, he would bump their salary significantly. And when I heard that, and then I came to work there, I was, I'm like, I don't think that'll work. I don't see how a rep can stay hungry and 
not get incentive. And it is beautiful. <laughs> I'm like shocked at how well it works because uh, the collaboration is phenomenal. Nobody says, hey, that's not my job or no, I can't help you on that or hey, that's my customer. It is is the best culture I've ever been around. And I've told Greg, hey, I wish I'd have found this when I was 30. Although I love those years at Honeywell, the, the culture is just phenomenal. I really think it comes back to that, that nobody's selfish. But it does take a special rep to do that. Um, not all reps could live with that. When I was 25, I definitely would not have been interested in that. Um, but it works. Um, the other interesting thing is a good portion of the sales team, was probably 20 reps or so, are females. So they're not technical, but they're extremely customer focused. And they can be that way because they don't have to worry about going on to the next deal and getting their commissions. They want to make sure this customer's really taken care of first. And you hear the cliche your whole career. Well, we're customer focused. We're customer focused. Eh, are you? Well, I can say at Air Force One, they definitely are. I mean, they even have a client relations team that once a deal is sold, say a new service agreement, because it's all about service agreements there. This whole team of, of reps, that's all they do is call on existing customers to make sure they're happy and make sure their billing's correct, to make sure the PMs are getting done on time. And it's phenomenal. Now, obviously, Greg is giving up some profit because of that. He's got a pretty big overhead group, uh, but to him, it's worth it. And uh, as I meet people uh, out, clients or potential clients, that's one of my leads is, hey, just so you know, our sales reps are not on commission and they all light up and they love that because now they don't feel like they're always getting sold something. Wow. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's definitely, uh, that's counter-cultural, it almost seems like for, for our industry. So yeah, seems to be seems yeah. to be working out. All right. So that that's one piece that seems to be, uh, is, and has this been going on? I know you've only been there for, for a few months now, but how far back has this initiative gone? Has this been going on for, for decades as far as the structure within the sales team? No, I think he did this three or four years ago. Okay. Um, okay. And he hasn't really had much turnover. Uh, and I don't hear the grumblings amongst the sales reps about when they sell a deal, how they wish they were getting commission. Huh. It's just, it's the culture and everybody seems really happy and collaborative. So it's been a pleasant surprise for me. Yeah, and, and I guess once you have that culture like solidified, you're going to attract people who want to be a part of that, right? So the longer that you have in place yeah. and the more that you have like the right components that are clicking together, when you guys, you know, I as a recruiter, I can't help but think about it from a talent standpoint, right? You're going to attract the people that want to be a part of that. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Correct. Pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So as, as you guys look at, so that's one piece of it. And then as far as like initiatives, you met, you mentioned service agreements, but I, I guess like, as we look at the the industry, Dwayne, where you guys are at, are you guys primarily doing work in Ohio or where's the bulk of the work geographically? Yes, it's in Ohio. We actually have six branches in Ohio and all of the, you know, what you would call major cities in Ohio. Mm -hmm. um, and some of them are smaller and some of them are bigger. And, um, but yeah, it's focused mainly in Ohio. We do have a national accounts group that's somewhat small, uh, which came out of uh, an Ohio client wanting us to take care of their facilities all over the country. Um, so we do a little bit of that, but it's a very small piece of our business. Okay. 
So are there any new initiatives that you guys are rolling out as, as we look at 2021, right? Everyone's putting 2020 in the rearview mirror, like, all right, let's look ahead. Let's look into the future. I mean, where do you see within Air Force One, the context there, where do you see the uh, the future of the company heading just from your standpoint? Yeah, so a couple of things I would say there. One is the reason that I was hired was uh, to look more for more strategic opportunities. Yeah. Uh, one of those being paid. How do we get bigger deals? And PACE allows you to do that. Um, the other one is uh, funded retrofit opportunities where Air Force One would actually fund the upgrade through a multi-year service agreement. So customer needs a new boiler, doesn't have $50,000 in cash. Air Force One sells them a service agreement. You pay for that new boiler over the first three years of a five-year agreement or three years and three-year agreement, however it's structured. So that seems to be getting some traction. But I will say in the short term, probably through the rest of this year at least, uh, the photohydroionization offering we have is really inexpensive and very uh, effective. So um, it not only kills everything in the air, it kills everything on the surface. Um, and it's basically an ionization module that you put inside an air handler and it ionizes the air. Again, I'm not an engineer. Uh, but it's very effective, really inefficient, getting a lot of traction. And I think you're going to see a lot more of that. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that's um, that's probably the second or third time I've heard that term on the podcast here. I heard bipolar ionization on one of our episodes. Is that a similar concept? Yeah. I heard ionization. Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. And that's yeah. really that's really born out of this the COVID thing, especially within like schools, right? I think that's that's where you see it a lot in schools from a safety standpoint and just kind of giving people peace of mind that the air coming out is 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 clean and we're killing the virus. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. And the other thing with Air Force One, we're really heavy into marketing. I mean, we have a really great marketing group. They're not large, but they do a great job. We put out a lot of content. Like podcasts? Uh, came up with a you one guys pager. put out any podcasts? No, we don't. Not yet. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, but uh, we just came out with a one pager that's basically co-branded. If we have a client that put in, we call it PHI, photohydroionization, um, they can plug their uh, logo in this one pager and shoot it off to all their tenants or their teachers, or and it explains what they put in the building, what it does. It has the Air Force One logo and then their logo as well. Um, we're starting to see some traction with that. So we're making sure that the owners of the buildings are getting, you know, uh, the credit they deserve by investing in building. So very, I, I feel like Air Force One's really on the cutting edge of marketing uh, versus what I've seen in the past companies I've been with. Oh, very, very cool. So you may have already answered this, but let's um, let's just zoom out for a second and look at the industry as a, as a whole, right? Kind of 30,000 foot view. Maybe it's the ionization process that you're talking about here. And I know you're involved you know, with the strategic initiatives, but where do you see the industry as a whole heading? And then where do you see Air Force One fitting within that direction? My opinion uh, is that I think artificial intelligence is going to be uh, much more popular as time goes on. We're working on a couple of deals now um, with an artificial intelligence product that's a bolt-on to our automation system. Very inexpensive, uh, very effective, can generate some really nice reports. Um, I think that's where it's headed, which to me then kind of falls into place of fewer trucks and more computers. 
mm. meaning predictive maintenance and hey, I've got an air handler down. We can fix it remotely. We don't need another truck out there. So I think you're going to see more and more of that. I know you already have, but I think the artificial intelligence is going to even add to that. No, I agree. I agree. No, that's uh, I've been hearing the same thing as well. So no, really, really insightful um, information there that I think our, our audience is, is certainly going to be in tune with as well. So Dwayne, what I wanted to do here was transition to the last part of the show. These are the same four questions that I asked it to every guest who comes on the podcast. I wanted to start off here and ask you, what are your daily non-negotiables? Uh, non-negotiables for me, and it really has changed <laughs> as you get older and mature and just change as a human being, uh, is to be fair, kind, and honest. Those are the three things, fair, kind, and honest. And it really has nothing to do with the, with the industry. The industry to me is not that important. It's really about people. It's about relationships. Um, and as I said, as I've gotten older, you really come to realize that, especially COVID, I think. And I think it's the same across the country. Made us realize that we take a lot of relationships for granted. So, yeah, I think the non-negotiables, fair, kind, and honest. No, without a doubt. And what advice would you give to your 22-year-old self? Focus on the relationship. If you completely focus on the relationship, so Honeywell is very good in their training with that. Everything else will fall into place. And maybe it doesn't fall exactly the way you want it, but you continue to focus on relationships and, and it will eventually. And that's really in the end, that's all that matters anyway, is those relationships. And, and when you look back, that's what you're going to remember. Um, I can remember getting to know superintendents because um, I called on schools a lot with Honeywell. I once to pretend that we became so close, he invited me out to his house and showed me how to make golf clubs. We made my first set of irons in his barn. You know, and those are the things I remember. I don't remember Honeywell meetings or any of that. I remember those relationships. Ah, very cool. And what motivates you? What gets you out of bed in the morning? You know, at my age, especially, I want to, I want to make a difference for younger people, really just starting to get into their career. Um, I want to teach them what I've learned. I want to be an encourager above all, because uh, there's so many things coming at young people nowadays that I didn't have to deal with, like social media. So yeah, I just I want to be an encourager to younger people. I love the role I'm in. I'm really a, a support of the sales team, and I'm I'm the oldest guy, which is amazing because it seems like yesterday I was the youngest guy. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's it. I, I just want to help people succeed, especially younger people getting their careers going. Excellent. And last question here. What do you want your lasting legacy to be? You know, I think about legacy. Uh, really, I don't want the legacy to be about me. I want it to be about the relationships I've built. And it really is about Jesus, not me. I, I, my, I want my headstone to say, loved God and loved others. That's really all that matters. Uh, I started to use that in my coaching and tough at work you got to be somewhat careful but coaching kids in the end that's really all that matters and uh that's what i want it to be but i want people to look at me as well i think that's a perfect way to, to wrap up the show here so Dwayne, thanks for your time thanks for coming on the building efficiency podcast yeah thanks for having me jen always great talking to you all right 
All right, there you have it, episode 39 with Dwayne Dickey. I hope everyone enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. And if you did enjoy it, please be sure to subscribe to our channel wherever you enjoy listening to your favorite podcast. Now, we hope you're sharing this with your friends and colleagues as well. And one last thing that I would ask here, if you have any ideas for future guests from the industry, please reach out to me. We'd love to hear from you loyal listeners. So until next time, I'm Jim Schaefer, and we'll catch you on the next episode.